Welcome to Story Smack. This is Story Smack, a podcast about stories and storytellers in the world of pop culture. My name is A. Kovacs, audiobook narrator and founding partner at Empty Set Entertainment. And my name is Scott Sigler, New York Times bestselling novelist, but my battle rap name oh Lord. is Future Dark Overlord. I'll have the drink you just poured, just a bit of scotch, McAllen, because when I'm slightly lit, I'm slightly more talented. Wow. Yeah. Did, did you just ra- rap about scotch? I rapped about scotch. That's, I, uh, that's what I know. They say, write what you know. I know about scotch, so I rapped about scotch. Well, uh, so <laughs> our so FDO is <laughs> yeah. uh, rapping because in this episode of Story Smack, we're going to talk about our experience going to the Hollywood premiere of the new movie Bodied, yes. a rap battle comedy. Oh, a rap battle comedy, comedy yes. is exactly what I just said. Yes. Uh, you ever wonder what it's like to go to a movie premiere, uh, especially in Tinseltown? We're going to talk all about it. Uh, it was uh, it's very exciting for both of us. Bodied was written by Joseph Kahn and Alex Larson. Alex Larson won battle rap titles under the name Kid Twist. The movie is loosely based on Larson's experience as a battle rapper. Bodied was directed by Kahn and produced by Adi Shankar. Mm, yeah. And uh, the movie won the Toronto Film Festival's coveted Midnight Madness Audience Award. It is in some theaters now, and it's the first movie that was purchased by YouTube Red, where you can see it starting in December of this year. We got to attend the premiere as guests of Joseph Kahn. FDO, we really haven't talked about your relationship with Joseph and Adi yet, but I suppose this is the time to do that. How do you know these fine gentlemen? Well, we haven't talked about it because you and I have learned a valuable lesson over the years about not talking about our chickens before they're hatched. Uh, And many, many writers learn this stuff gets optioned. Things get close to being made. You get excited. You talk about it. And then those things fall through. So we stay quiet about most of the projects that we're working on. Uh, For the past two years, I've been working on a TV show with Joseph Finati, and it's an original show based on an idea of Joseph. It is not based on one of my books. So all my fans out there, don't get excited (laughs) that these high-powered guys are working on one of my stories. It's a super cool story, and I hope we get it done. We won't talk about the details or the content of that show right now, other than to say that uh, Joseph is so busy with his tireless promotion of Bodied that it's all on hold for the near future. Right, yeah. He is busy with quite a lot of things. Uh, He is arguably one of the most successful video directors of all Mm -hmm, time, mostly. mm -hmm. He has done videos for Britney Spears, uh, The Backstreet Boys, The Black Eyed Peas, Blink-182, Dr. Dre, Taylor Swift. And you showed me one today that I'd never seen, which was fantastic. Who is that? That was Monster Magnet. Monster Magnet. And they're a a 90s metal band. And uh, one of my... I've known Joseph for two years and I didn't know this, but it's this incredibly wonderful, campy, let's go over the top rock and roll song called Space Lord. Yeah. And uh, he directed that, I think it's 20 years ago. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. It, and I've never heard of Monster Magnet. Monster Magnet. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I watched it and it it's, we'll put a link maybe in yeah, we'll the, link in to the that article because it's really fun, but it's also, um, we'll talk a little bit about this as we talk about the movie, but it's, interesting to see like that was 20 years ago and the you can see joseph's style yeah you can already see his style already and and you know that you guys have to understand 
<laughs> I've known that Joseph's a big deal for a while, but even preparing for this, uh, this podcast, I went back and, and looking at a lot of the stuff that he's done. I was sort of amazed. He did M&Ms without me. Mm-hmm. Love the way you lie. He did Imagine Dragons Thunder, Muses, Knights of Sidonia, Taylor Swift's Bad Blood. He did U2's Elevation. And the big one for me. Yeah. Britney Spears Toxic. Oh, oh. such a great. Yeah. That's, she's extraordinarily hot in that video. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. It's, it's so well done. The, so the dude uh, is incredibly prolific at his job. Absolutely. Yeah. And he also directed two other feature films as well before Bodied. Uh, one is Torque mm-hmm. and the other is Detention. But FDO, you're also a fan of Adi's work. Yeah, Adi Shanker is, uh, he is a producer and he's done a ton of stuff. Uh, he's, he does regularly puts out things on YouTube where he puts a, a bit of budget behind a fan film. Um, but one of the things he produces, one of my all-time favorite movies, 2012's Dread starring Carl Urban. Hey, do love that movie. Side note, side note, if you are listening to the sound of my voice now and you like my books and you have not seen Dread, just Go get it by hook or by crook. Uh, it's in my top 10 action flicks of yeah, all time. You, Maybe even in my top 10 movies of all time. It's spectacular. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have been working on uh, writing this pilot script mm-hmm. with both of them for for a, a while, right? Yeah, a little over two years, I think. Can we, can we say what it's about? I don't, not really. Um, all I can say is that Joseph and I are, are a couple of really smart people. Uh, and if we get to do this show, it would be an absolute blast. But Everybody on the team has their hands full right now. I'm, it's me in particular. I mean, I'm finishing up GFL book six, heading in the final draft of that this week. Mount Fitzroy final draft is right after that. And we're spending a lot of time trying to get the nocturnal TV series going. So with all those things afoot, I'm hoping to circle back with Adi and Joseph in the future because the idea for Joseph's show is very different and very cool and very politically challenging all the things that are kind of hallmarks of his work. But now that we have given everyone just a taste of the credentials of these two guys who were involved with Bodied, let's talk about the fact that you and I got to go to a fancy pants Hollywood premiere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was really great. It was so, so much fun. Um, It was at the uh, TCL... TCL, yeah, This Creative Life. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. T- TCL. TCL, uh, Chinese Theater in LA. Mm-hmm. And that is the, now it's called the TCL uh, Chinese Theater, but mm-hmm. it started its life in 1927 as Grauman's Chinese Theater. Yep. And then when I was young, it was called Man's Chinese Theater, but we've all seen it. It's like old legendary Hollywood. It's yeah. the most... Uh, according to them, the most sought after place to have a movie premiere because it is so iconic. Um, Fans come to see the celebrity footprints and Mm -hmm. handprints. You've seen, you've seen a picture of, I think it's Audrey. The handprints in the concrete. Yeah. yeah, uh, Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe maybe, or I forget who, but um, you've seen pictures of people putting their hands in the concrete outside of man's Chinese theater, Grauman's Chinese theater. Now this one. Um, And they hold their hands up and there's concrete on their hands and flashbulbs are popping. It's (laughs) so old school classic. So that actual theater, uh, the first one that was built in 1927, that one is now a, um, I think it's a it's sort of a museum of theater okay. history and whatever, mm-hmm. but you get to walk through that whole lobby and it's the history of the place is beautiful. The building itself is beautiful. And then we got to go yeah. you know, upstairs to one of the theaters that has a full bar right outside <laughs> and uh, or, you know, right in the lobby and uh, get Reese's Pieces and drinks and yeah. go see the show. It was super duper duper fun. So we 
the first thing we did was we sort of saw Grauman's Chinese Theater a little bit. Yep. Then we went upstairs and got to watch the cast and crew go through the the red carpet and the interviews and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was super duper cool as such a big movie fan. I mean, I, everybody's sort of, a, you know, if you go to the movies, you're a big movie fan, right? Yeah. You just, mm-hmm. And it was so cool because up until we watched it, there was so much I didn't know other than it's a, it's a rap battle movie. Yeah. And I thought, and we were, when we were driving up, um, we had this discussion because we knew from Joseph that this is, and, and the reviews and everything, it's super, it insults everything and everybody and all this stuff. And it's controversial and this, that, and the other. And that's all I knew. (laughs) And you, we talked a little bit about it. You were like, sure. Like you're cool. I'm like, yeah, what am I, I'm not going to tell people how to do their job. I'm I'm not a movie maker, you know? And then that said, we saw it and it was spectacular. Well, yeah, and we, we, the red carpet was very cool because it's clear after seeing the movie that we did, it's clear that everyone put in a shit ton of time and effort into this. As we always say in the show, making the worst movie you've ever seen is an absolute miracle that they made it at all. Sure. To make a good movie is an astonishing collection of talent. People have to come together in so many in, in logistical and talent ways and money ways and all these different things. Um, and we got to watch you know, we see the movie, you see all the sweat and the wrench time that goes into it. But at the LA premiere, uh, the actors were all dressed up spectacularly for the red carpet. They were clear. They were all smiles, having a great time mm-hmm. for some of them. I got the impression that they are new to having the, uh, reporter camera pointed at them and being on the red carpet and talking, getting talked to about it. So the word I had for the whole thing was, it was joyous. It really was. The red yeah, carpet yeah, yeah. is just, I mean, it was, we were all smiles ear to ear smiles, just watching all of these people have such a good time mm-hmm. getting ready to go into the movie. So it's wonderful to watch hard work, hardworking people getting to celebrate that finished work. We get to experience that like two or three times a year. If we're lucky, sometimes once a year, all the work that goes into a book, all the effort and hours and hours of editing and rewriting all that stuff. And then the day the book comes out, that's our, that's kind of our red carpet day. And we got to watch other people have theirs. And uh, since the theater had a full bar, I got to enjoy it with some scotch. Mm. Did you rap about it then? Oh, no. No, no. there were actual genuine rappers. Yes, not genuine, but. No. <laughs> but. <laughs> there rappers, were actual yes. music professionals in the yes. house. Uh, not in this lifetime, sister. I can do that on a microphone in my own office, but not in front yeah, of other Yeah, exactly. People. I will say one other thing about, you made a good point about, it's really was cool as, as, um, you as a creative for sure, but us as creators of, of entertainment things mm-hmm. and stuff, I always say, I've said it on this podcast, I'm sure, like, yeah, a great movie, they should celebrate the heck out of mm-hmm. that. A bad movie, still better than every movie I've never made, right? So right. I'm still all in for them to own what's theirs and be proud of it and 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 celebrate it. So, right. Right. Um, so we we're guests of the director. Yes. Super fun. (laughs) It was so fun because we, I won't lie, we had fantastic seats. We had Duke seats for sure. Absolutely. Right in the middle of the theater, right behind the row of actors. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't know that right when we sat down. No, we didn't know who Uh, people were at the time. But um, we're sitting right behind behind Dumbfounded. Yes. Who's a famous rapper. uh, (laughs) Prospect in the movie. Prospect in the movie. Um, And the movie was introduced then. So, 
by Suzanne Daniels, who is the global head of original content for YouTube. And she was right in front of the big screen with the bodied logo behind her. And it was Mm -hmm. super duper cool. And then Adi got up there, who is also like we've seen Adi a handful, you know, a bunch of times. And he just looks like a normal dude. And then he was in a he's full Hollywood regalia. Yeah, like crushed velvet (laughs) smoking jacket. And he had crazy like uh, dramatic eye makeup on. And it was glorious to see because he got up there and was... Adi. Adi, he was, yeah. He's a nice guy. He was really happy to be part of this. He's really happy to to get to celebrate Joseph, and that's what he did. He got up and he introduced Joseph. He, he's uh, he's straight fucking showtime when it comes up to one of these things. So he talked about how he and Joseph started working together, uh, and they worked together first on a short Power Rangers fan film. And there's a whole huge story behind this, which we're not going to get into. Other than that, it's spectacular. It's the the first thing I got to see of Joseph's work when we started talking about possibly doing something together. It's on YouTube. You guys should watch it. Trust me, if you, whatever you think about Power Rangers, it ain't this. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph funded the whole thing himself. There's a link to the Power Rangers fan film pinned on his Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. So if you go to twitter.com slash Joseph Kahn, J-O-S-E-P-H, K A H N. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you can see that. And then we'll also put a link in the show notes of this episode, but it's spectacular. So Adi introduced Joseph, mm-hmm. then Joseph introduced the movie itself. And that's when we realized that we were sitting behind many of the actors. Yeah. Because as he started, I mean, it's, it's a, this really high energy movie and I'm sure the set was that way as well. And, uh, they all start shouting at him and, 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 and like represent. It was super duper fun. And it's not a thing that happens at a normal, like when you go to the movies here on the West Coast, but in, I grew up in New York. Oh, okay. And if you go to a movie in Manhattan, it's pretty common for people to yell at the screen. Like, mm-hmm. don't, don't open that door. Don't do what are you, you're an idiot. Don't do that. Like that kind right. of thing. And, uh, this is another moment where I, I've seen that happen before, but it's never been quite so joyful and lovely. And there was a lot of a lot of people who are there to support the actors, and some of the actors are, like we said, these are professional musicians. And uh, oh my god, it was everybody's just having such a great time. I hopefully we get to go to more premieres. I don't know that we'll get to go to a premiere that's as fun as this one, unless <laughs> it's something that we do. Yes, but as I mentioned, this is not a typical movie you would think of. It's a rap battle. Excuse me, battle rap. Battle, battle rap, rap comedy, comedy drama. drama. Yeah. And it, it hits in so many different levels. In other words, I have never seen anything like it. Yeah. And, you know, um, we watched Joseph uh, Joseph's other movies, mm-hmm. feature lengths, um, in the years since you met him. And there are certainly elements of his style that is super evident in the other movies as well. Right. But you also, this, like, I had you know, some magic to it. It had the the right sort of effervescence of the cast, how they blended together. The topic is really interesting. Um, but I didn't know anything about battle rap, honestly. Like I, I've seen 8 Mile. Yeah. Right? But this was not 8 Mile. This was this fantastic. Is... In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, 
It's vital for Piura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Piura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, 8 Miles More, that's Eminem's story. And yeah. this is, it's a movie about Battle Rap. And it gets nasty. They, they, the, the content in the rapping is, the phrase they use in the marketing of this, I believe is, uh, Battle Rap is a blood sport. And your people are going to get hurt, and yeah. it's all emotional injury. Yeah, uh, a few punches thrown, but not too many. But You're not uh, too many. A lot of up in your face and fronting and posing. And but you can whatnot. see, and we ha- recommend you guys go check out some of his films. Um, by far, I think by far this is his his best film yet. But the stylistic elements that made me want to work with him so bad from detention um, are in this. I mean, he's got his he's got a directorial style as identifiable as a Quentin Tarantino. Like mm-hmm. you can watch a movie in the first 15 minutes, like, Oh, this is a Joseph Kahn movie. Yeah. And there's some very, um, very prominent things that he does in all, not in his videos, but in his features, um, that are evident here as well. Joseph's, uh, a, a kind of director who, who is at once a master of his craft mm-hmm. and part of the audience. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, he'll break the fourth wall to be like, wink, wink, nod, nod. You're with me, right? Kind of thing, which done poorly is terrible, mm-hmm. but done well and embodied it's done really well. It's super fast. It's super uh, funny. And um, it does make you feel a lot more like you are not watch. I mean, you're obviously watching a movie in a theater, but it makes you much more... Um, ignorant of the surroundings a little bit and much more like you're in that warehouse or you're in that, that, uh, that crowd. Of, mm-hmm. And then plus the audience being so in love with the film, cause the audience was made up of fans and friends and actors and crew and cast. They were just as loud. Uh, you know, they were also part of the action. I mean, mm-hmm. on the movie, in the movie and in the seats. And so that it, that bringing the fourth wall really worked well in this environment. It was very fun. He did some super cool stylistic stuff. Like he, one of the fourth wall breaks he does is we'll have two characters face to face having a tense moment. And instead of trying to communicate internal dialogue with an echo effect or something like that to the character make a decision, you will see, you will see computer graphics pop up 
that he is aware of, the main character is aware of, nobody else sees. And my favorite one is uh, two file folders pop up on either side of his head, you know, computer graphic style file folders. One says, too personal and way too personal. And then he taps way too personal and the graphics disappear. And it is clearly, this is the work of someone who has matured as a filmmaker in the age of the internet video games and all of these different ways we get to look or get entertainment fed to us instead of just here's the two dimensional on the screen. Yeah. He's fucking with that shit all the time. And it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's an interesting, that's an interesting way to put it that Joseph has uh, an, kind of an in, an internet eye. Mm-hmm. You, you know, he's grown up in the age of the internet because what that does, and that's, you know, the magic of movies is that you you get told this story visually with dialogue all and music and sound effects and score and all that stuff put together. And it makes, and this uh, actually kind of backs out of the magic of Hollywood. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you see our main character, Adam, in that scene you just described, like you, you as a viewer get this, all this information about how, I, I, I don't want to say too much about the movie, but sort of how he's in over his head and not in over his head at the same time. Mm-hmm. That not, if it wasn't in this big spun up environment, in this big, you know, he's enjoying watching all this stuff, these people battle. Uh, he might have made a different decision. And yeah. you see all that in that five seconds where the two icons pop up and he chooses way too personal. And you know that's you know as a viewer that's going to come back and bite him in the oh, ass. Sure, sure. But he doesn't know it. He has not done that math yet because he's it, the character is right in that moment where he, yeah, whatever it takes, you know. That's one of the things that uh, Joseph's good and the cast is good in that movie is communicating, this shit just blew up out of nowhere. I've got an opportunity. I have to make a decision. Am I going to go all in? Am I going to be be what everybody tells me to be and be nice and back off and be polite? Or am I going to be rude as shit and, and go all the way in? Right. And I think that's the battle rap scene is, is sure. very, um, it embraces and challenges stereotypes of any player, any battle rapper. Then, And we see some of that. And there are, it's a pretty diverse cast. Yes. Um, and... You know, they all go with their strengths, but they also go with, you know, there's this one beautiful scene where two characters who are both minorities embrace all the shit people would say about them in a battle rap in their own battle rap. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of them is Asian and makes every every stereotype that you just thought of when I said one of those characters is Asian he raps about mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of t- turns the tables and it is still sort of horrible things to say. <laughs> still, I'm horribly offended. By that scene. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's not, it, it's, it's taking some power back, right. From yeah. well, owning what, what, if, if you're going to say it, I'm going to say it it's first. It's power such back a by powerful you cringe. thing. There's so much in this movie that just makes you absolutely yeah. cringe. The overview of the story is, is Caleb Worthy is the lead actor and uh, he's co-lead with Jackie Long. Caleb plays a character named Adam Merkin, mm-hmm. who is a, white uh berkeley student a graduate student at berkeley apparently i think working on his, his phd um and he's writing yeah he's writing, he's writing a, a thesis. dissertation uh, his, a dissertation about a and he's writing about battle rap and you see early on that in the storytelling devices this kid knows a ton about battle rap this kid's in love with the wordplay and the meter and the rhyme and he's in love with all the the cultural challenge culturally challenging aspects of it and then he gets he, in his whiteness, is trying to talk to the black battle rappers, trying to, basically it comes down to, uh, you know, hey, tell me more about your use of the N-word. Sometimes it's a verb, sometimes it's a noun, and that's what draws him 
into the whole oh, yeah, situation. That is the dissertation. That's the dissertation. Yeah, is yeah. the N word and N word in battle rap. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's also a stereotype of that kid, right? Oh, that like yes. he's he's a, a progressive feminist humanist. You know, he's got a super super uh, aggressively feminist girlfriend, mm-hmm. and they pick apart. In you see a couple of scenes with just them at restaurants, or any, and they pick apart. Like, I mean, should I be? Should I be offended about this? Should we even say this? Are we allowed to say yeah, this? They, they do that sort of stereotype um, of the crunchy, granola-y, aggressively progressive Berkeley grad. And you're like, okay, you know, cool. Like it, it, that, those people I have met more than I have met some of the battle. Like I know people like that yes. in my life. And you're like, you know, that is a little bit like shallow. Uh, uh, there has to be more to them. The only time you ever see them together, they're doing this. But that's all a, an active decision that Joseph and the, 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 the casting crew. Yeah. And, and uh, the character of Adam is very fascinating in this movie because he is in love with words. He's in love with the English language. He is in love with all of the dynamics that go into what he sees as he's watching these guys. Like these guys are straight up geniuses that nobody's ever heard of. They're absolutely brilliant. And he's, completely handcuffed by his Berkeley culture. Mm-hmm. Half of the movie is going is is him being lectured on what he can and can't say, what he can and can't think, what he can and can't do. And you can see the jealousy in him and the envy when he watches these people get to use any word or any idea they can think of in this completely freeform blood sport. And he you can see him be pulled into that because it's it's a freedom that he doesn't have and that's what draws him in. Right. And I mean it this story is very much about um, the trans, the education and transformation of Adam as a character. And, you know, he has that, it's, he has the, he does have to come to it, um, as a stereotype himself, Mm -hmm. because then later on, when you're watching all the battle rap, the rap battles, um, that's, that is the, the coin of the realm. And so we need to know he's sort of aggressively this guy. Yeah. And then in his transformation, which I won't, that would be too spoilery, yeah. but as the movie goes on and, and that character evolves, um, you, you realize like, yeah, there is a time and a place for everything. And that is the lesson that kid has to learn. Um, and uh, he's not as erudite as he thought. He's not as, as progressive as he thought. He's not as educated as he thought. Mm-hmm. He's not as in as he thought. And, you know, we're all that. We all have a moment where you sort of run right into your own stereotypes or your stereotypes of other people and be like, wow, I'm an asshole, mm-hmm. you know, or wow, I never thought about that that way or whatever. And we, I have to say it was his evolution is so cringeworthy and so perfect mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that it, I, I think everybody should see this movie. It's super, there's a lot of offensive words in it, it's, it's but astonishing. A, a time and a place for everything if you're rap battling, that's where you have that. You and know? I'm, 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 there's a lot of things about this movie I'm impressed with. The casting was, whoever, ca- whoever was the, the people casting this were just an outstanding job. Caleb Worthy, I'm not familiar with his other work. He's exceptional in this. And then his co-lead, Jackie Long. Oh, so uh, good. I've never seen Jackie Long act in anything before. And I, there were two people in the movie that I just assumed these were actual battle rappers. Because we were listening to Dumbfounded on the way up. We're trying mm-hmm. to get more, know more about the characters. So we knew he was a battle rapper. I assume Jackie Long and Shaniqua Shandai were 
battle rappers that's like, oh shit, you guys can act? Okay, come on over here. We're going to put you in a movie. Ne- neither of them had any experience at all. And Jackie Long's performance is exemplary. It's oh. completely outstanding. And when you get to, I'd say, the last quarter of the movie, the amount of, the amount of emotion that he communicates without saying a word mm-hmm. with just his eyes, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was upsetting. Like, cause you're watching, there's parts where you're watching a friendship dissolve and oof, you know, as a, as a guy who treasures his guy friendships super deeply watching that was like, it was brutal. So they were those, the cast was great. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, they met the, in the plot, they meet uh, specifically for his questions about his dissertation. That's mm-hmm. how they end up meeting. So it's, we meet them at the very beginning of a friendship that never really develops. Um, and it takes, it took, it takes quite a lot of the movie to realize that uh, Adam is once so, you were saying, wants so desperately to be part of this world, this thing, and mm-hmm. is, it turns out is good at that, mm-hmm. but is absolutely an outsider but of his own making because he, 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 he his evolution as character goes Kind of south, kind of uh, right where you where Jackie Long steps up, who plays Ben Grimm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the last quarter of the movie, when his performance is so smoking, it's so stellar. Mm-hmm. It's also uh, uh, Callum Worthy is um, is the perfect foil for that. That's what I think. What I'm trying to say, like you see, like Ben Grimm is a is a human, <laughs> like a full-fledged, he understands where yeah. he is in life, what choices he made, everything else. He's a much deeper else. character. He's a much deeper character. He's older. Yeah. And, the, and Callum is still in college, and we know that, or um, Adam is still in college, and we know that. And you see that as the movie uh, gets to its climax, you sort of see like, okay, so you you might know a lot of stuff you learned at Berkeley, but you don't know a lot about yourself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Shaniqua Shandai's character is Divine White, who right. is, is Divine great. White. And then there's one other character... Oh that my surprised God. us this so is much. So cute that you didn't know. I didn't know. Anthony Michael Hall is in it. He plays uh, Callum Worthy's father, and I was like, "Oh God, the guy playing Professor Merkin is is great." And like, and then I didn't know until you saw the the um, credit right? at the credit. Yeah, at the credit. So, and you went, "Was that was that the professor?" Yeah. And and to me, because we have different experience. We'll talk about that in a in a in a little bit because we ended up going. After the movie, mm-hmm. of course, there's an a, there's a party, mm-hmm. and so we got to go to the party as well, and uh, and that was so fantastic because I realized you and I have totally different. I want you to tell your history or fandom of Anthony Michael Hall, okay? And then I'll tell you because I knew right away because of course, you know he's he's the nerdy <laughs> guy. He's the nerdy guy you love when you're 16 and watching. I did 16. Didn't, I didn't. I didn't put the face with the name at yep. all. So after after the movie. You know, there it was a premiere. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the movie is not the end of the night. We got to meet a bunch of the cast members and you met a few people. I did, yeah. I met um Rory Uphold, who um who plays Adam's girlfriend Maya. Okay. And like I said earlier, she her character is very, very stereotypical white feminist Berkeley college girl. Yes. Right and on the very much on the nose for that. Very on purpose. Mm-hmm. On the nose. And she herself at the party, at the after party, uh, was so effervescent. She was dancing and laughing and uh, like scooting around the dance floor to go get the desserts and stuff. And it, I realized it was so fun because I, 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 I said, you know, congratulations is beautiful, whatever. What, and she was like, I know it's so fun. <laughs> like she was just as excited. Yeah. And you realize like 
of course, all these people are just like, you know, there's no chance that people in Hollywood aren't just like us. You know, yes. they're different too, but they're, they're people I mean, just after like After a certain us. level of success, I'm sure you can get bored and jaded with the repetition of this all the time. But for a lot of these people, like this was a, a big, big role yeah. for a lot of them. They were just so excited. And it was ridiculously lovely to, um, to see her out of character. That's the way to say that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and be somebody, cause you know, well, I, 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 re- I understand she was an on the nose character, but mm-hmm. it's also like uh, familial and human to realize like, oh, she's a little more well, like this, me than I get thought. A little bit of joy. The first time you get to see an actor in a role and you've never seen them before. And when they do that role very well, you just automatically sort of assume like, well, that's, that's, they got, they typecast that person because that person is like that. Mm-hmm. It's not until you get to see them in multiple roles. Like then you see the, the talent really unfold. Um, as I said, uh, uh, Mishandai, Mr. Long, uh, who uh, I did not, I assume they were battle rappers who had got promoted yeah, yeah. and I got to meet them both. And I told them, I told them that, and they were very, they were very touched by that. <laughs> but my highlight of the night though, I got to actually meet Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> oh, I love this. Uh, my boys and I from high school must've watched weird science 20 times. And that was the kind of thing where, you know, back in the day you'd rent three movies and we'd hang out all night, watch movies. We watched, we watched weird science over and over and over again. And got to meet him. And also, I, I'm a huge fan of a little known work that he's done, the Def Leppard story, mm. where he plays... Um, and uh, and Dead... dead. What's the Stephen King? Dead... Uh, he did oh, the, the whole dead series. Zone. He dead did the zone, whole series. Right, right. And of course, he's Breakfast Club too, right? Yes. Yes, yes, that's, yes. That's, a, that's a big one for a lot of people, but for me, it was, for me, it was weird science. So it was great. Uh, um, a man who's a mainstay of my movies for my teen years. It was a, it was a real treat to get to shake his hand and a total surprise for me. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. And he was, ju- I, I keep saying this, but he was just lovely. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, you said, do you mind? Like you said, like, do you mind? And and then you said about weird science and he was like, oh, great man. Great man. Thank mm-hmm. great man. Thanks so much. And, uh, and then he just, he milled about, he milled about, was super congenial and lovely. And you, you know, you want that guy to be the man he is. You want, him to you want cool the you character that you love yeah. to be cool when you meet him. And yep. he really was. But the movie is overall, like recapturing the movie. It's, there's so much content in this movie because so much of it, so much of the dialogue, we talk about scenes where they're communicating with nothing but looks. Those are the exceptions. The rule of this movie is incredibly dense, rapid fire dialogue. And it's so thick with content. I think I have to watch it again. Yeah. It seems like this is a movie that you'll get more out of the second time. Just, just the battle rap parts alone are so crammed with dialogue. I don't think you can take it all in at once. But, you know, as all good things have, uh, do, uh, the night did eventually end. Mm-hmm. And we headed back to San Diego and got back to work. So that's our story. That's our fancy Hollywood story. Uh, we've got to do a few fancy Hollywood things now. We've gone in and done. Uh, we've had people court us for, for my books. Mm-hmm. We've gone in and pitched series based on our books with people who are seasoned producers. Mm-hmm. We've pitched our own original ideas in Hollywood. And each one of these things we feel gets us closer in our path. And it's great. But uh, this was a super, super fun night to get to go watch a premiere and and be part of it. So big thanks to Joseph for letting us be part of the night. It was a blast. And I, I hope you and I get to go to more premieres in the future. Yes. And of course, I mean, we're always working towards one of those being a film of ours. It's, it will happen. The only variable is time. <laughs> well, we hope you have enjoyed episode 42 of Story Smack. You can find Scott and I online. Scott is at Scott Sigler on Twitter and Instagram. And his Facebook page is facebook.com slash Scott Sigler. 
I am at a real girl on Twitter and at a.real.girl on Instagram. You can find us online at facebook.com slash storiesmack. We'd love to see your comments over there. We also release an unabridged episode of a serialized novel of Scott's every week. You can get episodes for free every Sunday via iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. You can get them there. And uh, just go to scottsigler.com slash subscribe for links to all those places. Right now we are serializing my novel, Earthcore. We just hit episode number 20, which is one of the bloodiest, most intense episodes of any work that I have ever done. And Earthcore now is halfway through the story, so this is a great time to dive in. We do hope you subscribe so you can hear Scott's books and more Story Smack goodness in the future. So until the next episode, we will talk to you all real soon. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.